Blog Talk Radio. It needs to be about 20% cooler. Everybody out there, welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Questions, a podcast from a geek girl's perspective. I am the head huntress, and we have a very unusual night tonight. Normally, we are full-on horror geeking out or comic booking geeks, but not tonight. Tonight, we're going to explore something completely different. We are going to drop into one of the most unusual fandoms to come around since the Internet age. Yes, my folks, we are going to do My Little Pony, Brony Culture. This is the first episode in Animation Argus. Our whole overall topic is going to be adult fan bases of children's shows. So we'll talk about a little bit of everything, Animaniacs, Adventure Time, whatever the fuck we want to talk about tonight. But we are going to have a brony on the show to take your calls. If you had any questions you've never wanted to know about bronies and were too afraid to ask, give me a call and we will talk to you about it. My phone number is 646-716-9172. Once again, call in at 646 646- 716-9172. The sexy witches are looking forward to your call. And so let me first introduce my first sexy witch. She lives in Eugene, Oregon. She's an aspiring filmmaker and published writing writer. She actually works for Living Dead magazine. She'll be working at a horror con herself coming up in the next couple of months. She's a huge fan of live action role play. Just came back from Gen Con itself to do that. Look for her wolfy attitude and personal writings on our popular blog and YouTube channels. Please welcome to the show, Miss Queenie Todd. Ow! I'd be like Fluttershy. Uh, my oh, last I'm rarity has just been insane. Your rarity? Yeah, please talk. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm rarity. I'm rarity. Actually, my mother I'm is suffering Con burnout. Is... Oh, I'm sure you are. And we are going to talk about Gen Con in just a moment with you. Oh. So, but before before okay. I do that, I am going to bring on the other sexy witch because you know. We can't do this alone. We do need three. We are sexy witches, after all. So let me introduce Three is a powerful number. Yep, three is a powerful number, and it's the magic number, yes, sorry. Uh, So 
My other sexy witch is from Clinton Forge, Virginia. She's a regular on the East Coast Horicon circuit. My partner in crime this week, last weekend at Scares It Care. And I mean, partner in crime. We could talk about that later. She is a horror movie fan, self-professed Superman of Marvel and comics. And please, I'm going to welcome to my show. We're saying you got opportunity in this very community. He's playing his time with a world that's swim and rise. Trouble himself, but he's not worried. Yeah! Oh my god, I cannot believe. I cannot believe you remembered that the Flim Flam Brothers are my favorite. Well, that's why I'm the sexy witch coast, man. I mean, I'm the head hot <laughs> I am benevolent overlord of of the internet. So, how are you doing, lady? <laughs> <laughs> Over medicated uh, would be good for it right now. I went to um, well, you know, I was uh, coming off the Lyrica now after convention weekend which I was having a bad reaction to. And uh, and then I was at my friend's son's baptism this weekend, and I got mosquito bites all over the place that looked like they all tried to pick me up at once and take me away. <laughs> so I ended up in the emergency room. I had to get, like, the steroid shots, and now I'm on, like, prednisone and claritin and yeah, so I'm like, oh, full honey, of drugs. Hard, hard. I'm well, full of drugs. I'm glad you are here with us, and the show must go on, as they say. So uh, <laughs> we'll keep on plugging along, sweetie. I hope you can keep up with us. But anyway, Flip Slam is one of my favorites. But, you know, I always like... It's true, some days are dark and lonely, and maybe you feel sad, but Pinky Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I could do yeah, that the... every freaking day if I was. But yes, you got to smile. Just remember that. Come on, everybody. I want to see you smile. Come on, I want to see you smile. <laughs> sure, as long as you don't mind things. It's kind of going to be. You know, gotta... If I was going to be a pony, it would be Pinkie Pie. I like to bounce around Pinkie Pinkie Pinkie. energy to energy. I, I well, we'll talk about the Brody's more detail in our favorites. But like I said, I am, I am, I am <laughs> rarity. Pinky is a little bit too crazy for me, even though I totally appreciate her. But before we get into Brody culture, we got a few things that drop off the list. First of all, I want to say we got to give a huge rest in peace to Roddy Roddy Piper because I, yeah. I was so upset that he died. All I could write was "fuck, rest in peace," and I just hung up Facebook for the night because that was it. I was like, "Why did I even turn on the radio? Why did I turn on my computer?" Uh, it, it devastated me. He did my absolute. Not only was he like the WWF, like when I was growing up, and you guys were. That was yep. all, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan and a few other major fight. Oh my God, it was amazing in those time periods. But you know, also. They Live is absolutely one of yep. my favorite films of all time. And, and I, I, it is, it is in my top thing. five. It is a classic you know, for sure. Old, 
only 61 years old. I mean, he just recovered from Hodgkin's lymphoma, and only to have a heart attack. It, you know, it's it's just devastating and sad, and I don't think we'll ever see the light of him again. So rest in peace, no, to Roddy Roddy so. Piper. Oh, he broke one. Yeah. Now I also wanted to talk about. Let's move on. Even though I would like to, talk, I could probably do an entire show on Roddy Piper, uh, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of my fellow podcasters who will do tribute shows to Roddy Piper coming up in the future. So look for those. I'll post them on my Facebook page, Dark of Its Bed. Well, I was thinking maybe sure. a, maybe a, maybe a Roddy Piper tribute could be incorporated in, into a Carpenter uh, episode. Well, yes, at some point we will do a Carpenter episode. We got a whole second season to think about episodes coming up. But um, first things first, we got to get through Animation August. So, but also, um, I also wanted to give some, like, some crappy news from your part of the world, Queenie, um, over the weekend. Uh, One one of the biggest sci-fi conventions of its kind, at least in theory, was Galacticon in Seattle. And um, they they are the, uh, uh, you know, Stasar Galactica convention, but they have lots of other science fiction shows, too. Well, just before, literally before last weekend started, they, they, they canceled every major person that was from the reboot of Battlestar Galactica and, and saying they didn't have rooms for them. Oh, and no. So That's all terrible. these people that bought... Yeah, and people had bought VIP tickets and, and, and of course, you know, photo ops and we're going there to see these guys suddenly are, don't have them anymore at the last minute. Total fucking jip. It also makes a huge indicator that Galacticon's in trouble uh, behind the scenes. Uh, so I, I just thought that was kind of a, it's the one downside of, of, of conventions is sometimes they just go belly up. Boom, and they're gone. Like, yep. what on the, at the beach? Which was the local one in the Williamsburg area in North in uh, uh, Virginia Beach Virginia went Beach. under a couple of years ago, yeah. And now it's you know it scares it scares is kind of taking up its mon you know its its uh, mantle you know gauntlet kept going with it. <clears throat> but I just like to mention that. Um, the other thing is two small things. One, I wanted to mention that we have a new logo on our Facebook page. If you go to the profile, I noticed. you'll see a little symbol. It's a rune. It's actually three runes, and it, 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 it stands for Archivist Bed on Sexy Witches. It's like it's A-S-W, but it also kind of folds in and ends up becoming a bunch of other letters, too. So have a look at our new logo. And last but not least, a big thing for us females and sexy witches all over the world, whether they're sexy witches or not, Netflix has decided that they are going to fuck say we are going to take care of our girls and now if you're a member of Netflix as an employee you will get a whole year of maternity leave and that includes their husbands and so we yeah I just wanted to mention that because if that major company is doing that that's a mold breaking trend sending company folks Netflix is so um Let's see if that becomes a trend, a year off, because a lot of people don't realize you could actually die from a pregnancy a year after you had a kid. A lot of people don't know that. You can have complications that late into a recovery, and you would get that time off. Hooray, hooray. Thank you, Netflix. You have redeemed yourself. Sometimes I get mad at you because you overcharge. (laughs) But this this makes up for it. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. 
All right, so I'm going to start with Queenie because Queenie, you actually have just came right off a vote from a, a con, and it's probably really oh. fresh in your memory. So why don't you Pretty go fresh. ahead and give us a recap of Gen Con in Indianapolis, the largest gaming convention in the world. So go for it. It is. Oh, four days of of gaming, gaming, gaming. Oh, there was some amazing cosplay this year, though. I think the cosplay really did kind of up the ante from the year before, because I've gone for four years now in a row. Um, And every year I've noticed that the cosplay scene has slowly kind of taken over Gen Con. And, and like, they had a a march that went through the entire con, and the costume contest had uh, more um, awards for different categories than it did last year. So I was impressed with that. And I got to play, you know, my Jigsaw cosplay and, and I did my barbarian cosplay, and people really loved my barbarian cosplay. I was impressed with like how many people wanted my picture. <laughs> like, they must have loved the the wig that I had. But um, you were so cute. Husband, I, 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 was I? I didn't see your husband. I didn't see your husband, but I saw your photo, and you were totally adorable. Oh, thank so. you, thank you. I I enjoy cosplay when I can do it. Um, me and my friends and and Ben, we uh, my husband, he um, we all went and played some board games at the Rio Grande booth. They had free board games for everyone. You didn't need tickets. You could just go in, play the board games, and if you like them, you go downstairs in the dealer's room and you buy them. Um, they had deals going on. Like you could get Dominion for thirty bucks on Sunday. And I was really upset we didn't get a copy of that because I was like, hey, that's 30 bucks, dude, <laughs> for a game that's like 40 to $50. So I was like, whew. Um, we didn't do as much LARP this year because the LARP scene was kind of sad, actually. we It was a shame because we usually go and hang out this one group of LARPers. They do like dungeon crawls, but they didn't have the same feel as the year before. I don't know if it was us or if it was just, you know, the con whatever it just didn't feel as as fun as it was in past events um but we did do our own thing you know we had fun and uh we had a little kidlet with us so she was a she was a blast she had a costume for every day so we were running around with this little kidlet uh my little goddess child athena and she's winning hearts and minds everywhere you know, and she's finding all these cosplayers that are horror cosplayers, and I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> You're my little goddess child. I'm so proud. So, yeah, we have, oh, fun. I have an evil genius. Oh, that that's like you so have much an evil fun. Genius? Oh, I have an evil genius, and you have a, uh, a, a, a what did you call her? I'm sorry. A goddess? goddess child. Yeah, because she's named Athena, right? Is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. so. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, when people hear my, her name, my, they my go, daughter's oh, okay. name is named Lillian, which is actually a variant of Lilith, is also a demon goddess. So that's why ah. she's an evil genius. See? Aha. Aha. So uh, going back to this LARPing thing, it's, I'm sorry it didn't go as good as it could have, but Gen Con is so big, I'm sure it was easy to find something else interesting to do. Absolutely. There was there was things everywhere. There was film festivals. There was concerts. Um, I didn't make it to any of the concerts because I kept, you know, falling asleep because of my, um, you know, I get tired out easy because of my illnesses. But, you know, um, I would have loved to have seen some of the film festival stuff because it looked really interesting. There was some horror film uh, films in there, too, and I was impressed. I was like, wow, this isn't just, like, gaming-centric. It was, like, everybody. Very welcoming to uh, all my- kinds of films. 
fellow colleagues out here, uh, Seth and Kelly, uh, they actually had at the film festival their film, A Die for Men, which we've mentioned on the show before. So they were actually at the con, probably on Vend- I believe they were vending, actually, even. So uh, uh, a lot of fools were there. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, since we're talking yeah, we about did. brony culture, since we're talking about brony culture, at Gen Con there was a booth that was amazing called My Little Demon. And they basically took all the pony kind of stuff and twisted it a bit and made it a little more evil with like bat wings and, and, and fangs and things. And there, one of the nice. stuffies we got, yeah, one of the stuffies we got for the goddess child had tentacles. <laughs> so it's a pony with tentacles. Just try to picture that. <laughs> so it was a lot pony. of fun. I've actually, it sounds like a great time. And please, if you have any more anecdotes while we talk brain and I please interrupt and bring them in because but I wanted to talk before we get on to brony culture which is coming up we just, probably our guests will call in at 9 20 and at that point please if you want to take calls please call in at 646-716-9172 we would love to hear from you tonight we're having not having any more guests but our brony guests tonight so it's just us sexy witches and Ben the brony so uh, give us a call um, now Queenie uh, Queenie Aaron Marie and I went to Scares at Cares two weeks ago, as we've been talking about. And we met a lot of great people and met a lot of people who are probably listening tonight and going, why the fuck is this bronies when we are horror geeks? And I <laughs> promise my horror geek friends and my new listeners, thank you for listening, by the way, that we will get back to horror after Animation Argus. But the biggest conventions in this time period are D23 and BronyCon, which we're going to preview a little bit tonight. And, um, and uh, so we, we take a little break from horror, but we're going right back in in September. I promise we're going right after that September 1st will be Italian horror. We're going to go straight up video nasty, folks. So get the, get the uh, animation out of our systems and go straight in for 70s Bush. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So and a little Argento in there for good measure. So, um, but uh, mm-hmm. so, what was I gonna say? I lost complete train of thought. But scares of care ended up being twice as many people as there were last time. Maybe three times as many. It was a better turnout. They immense, they made enough money to immediately greenlit the third one. Which for a while during the show, Joe Ripple sounded a little bit pessimistic about that for a bit, but after Saturday night, he wasn't pessimistic anymore. We made a killing, uh, though everybody made a killing on Saturday. Uh, we were so happy. The, the, the floor did well. The vendors did well. The charity did phenomenal. Uh, I was so girls, proud. But, yeah, your bra came in at almost, what, $1,100 to breast no, cancer. No, it was, it was <laughs> almost, it was, it was almost fifteen. It was like one thousand four hundred. It was like one thousand four hundred and eighty-five, sixty, sixty something, something like that. I don't know. Well, but it was phenomenal. Almost fifteen hundred. Erin Marie donated the bra that Joe Ripple wore, and anytime someone put money in the bra, that all 100% of the proceeds in the bra went to a chosen person that was recovering from breast cancer. And he, we just, that was awesome. And that's not even counting the auctions and the donations that, you know, that came in from other things. This was just that. So we're so psyched. And, of course, Erin, what was the coolest thing that could possibly happen to a mom vicariously living through her daughter? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't think so happy. 
Yes. Go on. My daughter did so. She won the costume oh, contest. Oh, yeah. Woo! My husband actually won the contest, too. I was thinking, what did my daughters do? No, Lily won the costume contest. Yeah. With that right beautiful on. handmade dress. With that beautiful handmade dress yes. your mom made. My my mom made this beautiful dress that was actually for my niece for my wedding. And it's a green dress, very satin, beautiful and with gold, completely completely hand stitched. Not a single machine drop went into that dress or mine for my wedding, by the way. Wow. Which it, I can show you some pictures. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, but that's not just it. I did summer makeup, but Erin Marie's daughters did her prosthetics. So uh, she ended up looking pretty badass on camera. And um, <laughs> Count Gore Duvall was the host, and there's a gorgeous picture of her uh, from the show. And so she went, She won $50, and she's so no, excited. Anderson's photography took an, uh, just an amazing picture of Lily. Yeah. Yes. They did, and I didn't have it. That I had okay pictures. I didn't have a good picture of her. So uh, that picture is now my phone's picture. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if you found my phone, you would know it's mine. So um, I, it, it was. It was so. That's what I said. I was living vicariously through her because she was on stage and she was so cute, and um, I loved it. And Erin, why don't you talk about the floor a little bit? Because you were on the floor most of the time in guest in the guest room. So what was it that like was on your absolutely, end? You were... <laughs> that was absolutely the most amazing and most terrifying weekend of my life combined. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing for me in two directions. Um, being on the floor was the best experience I could possibly ask for. Um, when I met Robert Lasardo, he was just absolutely phenomenal. I didn't want to leave his side after he explained, you know, how he never, ever, ever wanted a fan to feel like it was a money exchange. He always wanted it to be a fan encounter. Um, and I was like, absolutely, I'll make sure that that I make everybody feel welcome. And I felt that our table actually got complimented for that a lot. <laughs> That we've and I made several friends actually from those exchanges because I think we really did make everybody feel welcome at our table. I mean, we almost completely sold out of inventory. I mean, he had so few uh, stacks of stuff left. But Ginger Lynn, you know, she was had a cake for her boyfriend for their anniversary, and you know, she was coming around and asking us if we wanted cake and uh, everybody was talking to everybody else. I had a great conversation with um, Robert. I think his last name is pronounced Maylet. Oh, I don't know what it's like. But, I mean, this great conversation about The Strain, which is this great series on vampires that's on Fox during the summer probably the only decent thing to watch during the summer on television because of reality TV. Is that and the one based off of uh, Dario, or sorry, um, uh, Del Toro? Yes. Gimiel Del Toro's book? Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly. Cool. And we were he was talking about um, how closely it follows, but how they stray away just a little bit enough, but... And he's read, done his homework. He absolutely is a fan of the books and 
always. And he plays the master. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, it's phenomenal. It was just an amazing experience. I've been reading a lot of the feedback that Joe Ripple's been getting about the guest floor, and almost across the board, everyone said Robert Lasardo was the nicest person they met on the floor. And so, you know, they had a great experience meeting him. And so, I, you know, I'm glad you're at a table where people were really appreciating meeting this guy. So it sounds like it was just a blast. So um, I, I didn't, wasn't on the guest floor as much. I was, but I was there to see, as you were mentioning, Face Off. I was there to see Roy Woolley who I've been a huge fan of since season three. And uh, I wanted to, I had some personal business uh, to to attend to because he did something for me. He didn't realize uh, when my father died, he did something very kind and he didn't realize he did it. I wanted him to know about that. So I got to meet him and tell him this. So that meant a lot to me. But the highlight of my con was two things. One was seeing RJ Hattie, who's also from Face Off. I believe he was on season two. He almost won that year. Um, against Roy, and they had the Makeup Wars. And the Makeup Wars was the highlight of the con. It played right before the costume contest. And they sat there, and the two people who won the auction slots to be makeup were there. And you watched R.G. Ham, uh, Hattie made this, like, vampire clown. And, and Roy, this is why I'm in love with this man, okay? He's amazing. He uh, – he started with this, this minor little prosthetics and had her hair pulled up and, you know, and he's putting little hair and you can't tell what the hell he's doing. You're looking at it. It's like way too subtle. Can't get it. Well, right. And then all of a sudden he takes her hair down and boom, you had the most amazing zombie I had ever seen. <laughs> it was like, it just appeared. <laughs> it was like, he just touched it and, and it, it became like a perfect walking dead zombie. Like she didn't even look like she was wearing prosthetic. It looked like her friggin' face. And then he put a little blood on it just to make her fresher. Hell yeah. Wow. It, was, it was brilliant. Both, both the guys did amazing. And Joe Riffle dressed up as Glenn Hetrick on stage and was making fun of Glenn the entire time. And it was so funny. Oh my God. If I can find a YouTube, um, a clip of, of the Makeup Wars, I will put it on my Facebook page. There are photos already on there, but it was just absolutely amazing. And then, like, in the evenings, of course, hanging out with Aaron because we only got to hang together <laughs> in the evening and have drinks. But yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome. We had a great time, got into trouble. The alarms went off, freaked everyone's shit out uh, at one point. Uh, the entire you know, entire hotel full of half drunk or solely super drunk people and then a fire alarm went off and everyone's like, Ah it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh one of these years lady and... One of these so, years ladies, yeah, I'm gonna and... join you for a horror con. <laughs> and, and and the cool Oh my thing god, is I had also... to push myself one of these years. Yeah, I think you I think that's the one Go thing ahead. my body let me know that weekend was that uh I had to choose either being there for the party or being there for working, but I can't do both. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's tough. I know that feeling too. Trust me, because I'm usually the park ranger, so I'm usually the one running the programs, not actually visiting. So this is a little different. I also wanted to give a shout out to Red Vane Army. They were the guys. That was the other highlight. They did this walkthrough, very short, cute, little, adorable walkthrough. 
And it actually worked. At one point, I stopped moving. They had these big hanging dead bodies from a rafters, which usually doesn't bother me because I know they're fake. I wasn't so sure for a moment. I actually told me, <laughs> gave me pause. And when somebody does that, it makes me interested. And, and I love them. And I, I got to meet them. And I invited them on the show in September. And I hope they accept to talk about their walkthrough troop because they don't actually run a walkthrough. They actually are a guest troop that goes around and, and, and goes to other people's walkthroughs. So we'll have, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but I hope they're listening. Cause thank you, Katie. Thank you, Ryan. The show was fabulous. I love when a, a cute, adorable, gory little walkthrough it was. And, and uh, it was cool. So now we're going to take a quick break from the horror just a little bit. This episode and the next, we're going to leave those behind and we're going to talk about animation because this is a show about all fandom, not just horror. We like it all here. The sexy witches love every type of, of fandom possible. And sometimes we like to explore fandoms. And yes, folks, even though none of us are juggalos, I will in season two do a juggalo episode because they are fandom too. So we do, oh, even though there's the dirty uncles, but we're going to talk <laughs> about ICP and, and, and the jugglers. But we'll talk about like that ICP. later because this is not what we're talking about at all. We are talking about uh, My Little Pony. Oh, crap. Hold on. My computer decided to reset. What do you know? Okay. But we are going to bring on my co-host. He is actually Queenie. I want you to introduce <laughs> our, 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 our guest tonight. Would you do that? Certainly. My husband, Ben, is brony extraordinaire. He's also uh, on plot for Alliance Seattle, which is a big LARP organization. Um, and he's just a big geek in general. He pretty much fills my bookshelves with many, many gaming books <laughs> and loves board games. So that's my hubby. Well, Are you on the line, hum? your hubby? I'm and here. Brony. Welcome. You're on Hello? with the Sexy Witches. Welcome, Welcome to the show, ben. my dear. I'm glad to be here. So, I am so glad you're here as well. We decided we were going to talk about Brony, but we didn't feel it would be appropriate without having a Brony on the show, a true honest-to-God Brony. I, I call myself a Brony, but I'm really not. I can get away with it. I have a five-year-old daughter. So it's very easy to be a fan of My Little Pony. Um, you'd be more like now, a Pegasus sister. Oh, I hate that. I hate Pegasus sister. Honestly, I like Brony so much better than Pegasus sister. I think Brony, I call myself a Brony. I don't think Brony has to be gender specific, honestly. I think it's a mindset more than it's an actual. It's a mindset and it's a movement. God darn it. <laughs> well, a lot of yeah. a lot of females yeah. call themselves Pegasus sisters to try and separate themselves from some of the negative connotations of being a brony, and I understand that. I do. Yeah, too. but it also uh, hear, hearing hearing the name Pegasus sister just automatically brings to mind a a sex act. Pega. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, true. So. That's true. I it had does. never thought of that. Good God. Yeah. That is the dirty, first dirty thing I thought of. Yes, I am. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so um, I actually have someone on the line wanting to call in. So, Ben, while I bring them on, we 
could you go ahead and talk about how you became a brony? What made you decide one day to turn on the hub and watch My Little Pony, a show, quote, unquote, aimed at four-year-old girls, and suddenly go, holy <laughs> fuck shit, this show is the best. Can you talk about that a little bit? So it's actually kind of funny because I originally encountered My Little Pony on that great cesspit of the internet, 4chan. So uh, I encountered it. I encountered <laughs> it there, and I saw some actual AMVs, anime music videos, done with My Little Pony stuff, and the animation looked fantastic. And you could tell there was characterization just in that without them even speaking. So I was like, I want to check this out. I want to see what all this hullabaloo is about. You know, are these people who are trashing it right? Is this a good show? And I started watching and I was like, this is kind of amazing. So I just set about sitting down, watching, binge watching a couple of seasons, as you do. In fact, I have to binge watch the latest one because I haven't in a while. It is a remarkably well-written show for something that is aimed at, well, let's face it, it is aimed at little girls, but there's depth to it that is surprising. Uh, I want to give a shout-out first to the creator, Lauren Faust. Lauren Faust is actually a local girl here in Annapolis, and she's like my age. So she was playing with My Little Ponies the same time I was. And what she said about the show is she used to sit there with her My Little Ponies and not do little girl games, but go on major adventures with her My Little Ponies, which is something I used to do with My Little Ponies. Yes, And then she remembered those stories. And, and wrote it down and made the show from that. And and it, it hits all the right notes. You know, it, it's truly a geek show. And we'll talk about why it's a geek show, because it's not just Lauren Fast, but a lot of the people behind the scenes are also geeks like us. But let me go ahead and bring on this guest. She's been very patient, and let's see who it is. Uh, they're from the 267 uh, area code, and I'm calling them on. And thank you. You are on with the Sexy Witches. How may I help you? Hi, it's Will Kuyper. I was calling in. Uh, I said I'd call in to talk about Adventure Time, but I really just wanted to say we hi to Elizabeth. Oh, well, hello, Warren. How are you doing? Yes, that's me. How are you doing? Uh, Warren, thank yeah, you for calling. Yeah. He, he met me at my, my real job. <clears throat> and uh, but yeah, actually, what you? Hey Ben, would you like to quickly take a quick break from Brony and talk Adventure Time for a moment? Because I did say this is not just about Brony. We're also talking about any adult show, uh, children's show with a fan. Base. I love would Adventure you Time. So I do too. So I'm what would you like to say about Adventure Time? That, but I'm more than willing to talk about it. Oh, fabulous! I love how and creative Lauren, Adventure you, Time is. It won a Peabody, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Orrin, what would you like to say about Adventure Time? Me? Uh, did we... oh. Yeah, Orrin, my guest, my call-in, the one that just called no, in. No, it's Will Kuyper. Hello? Who's, who's Orrin? Oh, I'm... oh, I got... How many people do I have on there? <laughs> I have, like, a... <laughs> okay, go ahead and talk. Of... I apologize. Go ahead. Talk in... <laughs> Live tell live radio folks. Go ahead, but please talk about Adventure Time, sir. Well, I have nothing to say about Adventure Time. I just wanted to call you guys and because uh, you always supported my projects, and I never I just wanted to call in and wish you guys luck on your radio show. 
I just started oh. watching it this time, actually. So um, I, I just got a, a DVD uh, to start watching it, so I don't really know about it. But Well, do you have any new projects you would like to uh, uh, plug while you're here? Cause we all no, no, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't worked in the, in the, the horror genre or the, the geek genre in, in years, so I mean, I just, I just wanted to uh, show my support for your show and wish you all luck. And um, stay well, on the fan of time. I'm not a brony. Thank you. But, uh, no, but fun. I will say something about you, sir. Now that I've realized who you were and I got all confused and stuff, he was one of the first people that actually um, I started reading his blog back in the day, Horror Yearbook. Uh, so, uh, and I met one of my cool, one of the coolest sexy witches ever, Molly C. So, uh, we're still in contact. So, thank you for that. And um, and I'm always supportive of projects. Always. Yeah, so, so, I'll be in touch. And thank good luck you with for, your show, and I'll be listening. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. Call back again. Wow. Okay. We got one more caller. This is the most callers we've <laughs> ever had, folks, that weren't, weren't people that were planned. So, we're going to go ahead and take it. Uh, and uh, it's on the 202 area code. Hello, whoever you are. You are on with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing? And Ben the Brony. How are you doing? Oh, hi. Is that me? Yeah, I have a 202 area code. Yes. Oh, this is I'm sorry? Orin. This is yes, Orin. Okay. I was like, I saw Orin's name, and I was like, is this Orin? And no, it was, the other one was at Will. And, okay. I know who you are. I'm sorry. So what would you like to say? Or how, do you have a question? Um, what are you guys? What's the topic of conversation? Do you want to ask me a question? I think you're talking about animation. Is that it, or? Well, yes, since we are. weren't listening to the show, but yes, we are. Uh, we are currently talking with Ben the Brony, uh, who also happens to be my sexy witch's husband, Queenie. It's his, her husband, and he, we are talking about adult fan bases of children's shows, and in particular, My Little Pony. But we're also talking about any others. We could talk about Animaniacs. We could talk about Adventure Time. Batman the Animated Series is also one of my personal favorites. Uh, Ooh, let's see what too. other. So uh, uh, Yoko yeah. Yama, I want to. Uh, Steve's Universe, Gravity Falls. All of those shows have huge adult fan bases and are actually pretty darn good kid shows. So, uh, what would you like to talk about? I do watch Gravity Falls, but I have a curious time with it because I'm not entirely sure why I watch it. It's it's a rare show that I'm not sure. I think that Kristen Schaal and I I believe it's Jason Ritter's voice acting is part of what carries the show to an adult appeal, but it is kind of... Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't have an irony to it. It's, It's like a played straight kind of thing that... Generally, a cartoon would have, like, a satirical element, like a Tiny Toons, or Tiny Toons, I think, is the one I grew up with, or Animaniacs. But Gravity Falls... Uh, yeah, those yeah, are classics for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wacko was I... one of those first characters. But to me, but Gravity he, Falls is quite straight. Very much, his sense of humor was very much uh, reminiscent of, like, a hard day's night, like, kind of humor they had. It's frenetic Beatles. energy, right? Yeah, no, I get what you're like saying. Like the Beatles and the monkeys and that kind of like slapsticky humor. And it didn't talk I down the to monkeys. kids. The best shows never talk down to kids. You know, and, exactly. and that's also very important. 
is never talk down to a kid. But, you know, I first of all, there's nothing weird about adults liking children's shows because in other countries and cultures, animation is not just a kid's thing. This is almost solely yep. a Western idea that cartoons are only for kids, which is a bunch so of I cool friggin' shit. It's almost a new idea as well because look at the old Looney Tunes stuff. That was filled with gags that were aimed at the adults that were watching alongside the kids. Well, it's look at Betty something Boop. Kind of... I mean, <laughs> Betty Boop. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the, you know. it's the Looney Tunes based around some characters. Like, I always thought um, Daffy Duck was based on Bing Crosby to some degree. Or Well, they, they, do, they do. I hear based on Clark Gable I, to some degree. I uh, well yeah they always are uh, kind of like in the Road to Morocco kind of movies and stuff like that when yeah, they did adventures like together. And he has a white ring around his neck, and Ben Crosby won an Oscar for playing a priest. So, so Lauren, I have a question for you. Do you have you ever seen My Little Pony? Me? This you. question for me. I'm, I apologize. Sorry, uh, I have not seen My Little Pony. I believe that. I think we all have our uh, prejudices when it comes to animation. So I know that a lot of adults in a little bit of an older generation don't necessarily will tune out something because they're animated. And I probably wouldn't watch My Little Pony because my understanding is that that is a female-driven demographic that's designed for. Well, or am I mistaken? You know, but... Well, yes and no. It was initially officially aimed at four-year-old girls, but the mass appeal of it crossed boundaries and boys, especially boys 18 and up, which was kind of an interesting phenomenon that started tagging on to the show. And this is why, and Ben, I wanted to bring this in. Arnon, I'm going to let you go, but thank you for your call. Would you like to say anything before you bow out? Yes, please, go for it. Yes, go ahead. uh, Well, I write, um, oh, I was, I'm was i reviewing TV shows such as The Brink and Halt of Catch Fire and review at hiddenremote.com. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, I found while we were looking a, a list of 21 children's TV shows from the AV Club that found adult audiences, if you're curious to know what was on there. You totally post it on uh, our page. Yeah, I will, I'll put it that. on our page. And also, yeah, and PM me, and I'll throw it on the page, and it'll go up tomorrow. I always put everything yeah, on the page the next day. So I, I, don't and I have a request that you guys discuss the, uh, the, Looney ahead, Tunes, the modern Looney Tunes show and talk about how that compares to the original. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, fortunately, I wanted to get back to my, my main guest and brony culture, but thank you for calling in. And, and uh, we will probably at some point do a Warner Brothers show as Warner Brothers cartoons onto itself, and I'll, we'll think about having you come in at that point. What do you think? Is he there? I think he's gone. He's, I think he's gone. Well, thank you, Warren, for calling in. Yeah, he left. So, yep. Thank you, Warren, for calling. Thank you, Will, for calling. That was all. I'm sorry. I got overwhelmed. The board blew up, and I've never had that happen before. And I was trying to figure out. I think I said there's Will and there's Oren. Which one's which? And I got them confused. I dropped the wrong one. So thank you guys, though, for calling. And, and please call back again, and uh, we'll talk again. Now, I wanted to bring up something. He's like, well, it's aimed at, at girls, right? And, Ben, I wanted to bring you back in on this. Okay. It is aimed at girls, but do you – 
maybe you can – I did a little research on this, but as you know, these writers are not people that normally write girls' shows. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, they come from – except for one. One is Amy Keating Rogers is the exception. She actually comes from, like Lauren Faust, from uh, uh, Powerpuff Girls, which obviously have very similar, similar themes going on, which I is also yep. another – adult a kid's show within a huge adult fan base and i um, can't wait for the next and a lot of them out which is like uh, oh huge fan base for for powerpuff girls so um uh so but a lot of those people write for star trek and 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 do and write comic books and not just my little pony they're writing some heavy stuff out there do you have any uh, uh do you get into that aspect of, of brony the comic book side of it I've never really read a lot of peripheral stuff outside of kind of the more popular fan-made characters, which then the amazing part is that those have been incorporated into the show over time. It's one of the reasons I think My Little Pony clicks as a community as opposed to a lot of other shows is that these things that are done outside of the show are done with the writers giving tacit acceptance and then kind of giving the fans those fan moments. It's a type of fan service that you don't see very often. Well, it, it's the first type of fan service since the age of social media. And it's and this is one of the things that fascinates me about brony culture and Sisters in general, how organic its relationship is with the show. It's like they're almost working together to create this thing. And matter of fact, on Equestria Girls in the, uh, in the credits, I believe those are actually fans that they hired to do those last little stills. Um, one of the guys has moved on to do some really big things, if I remember. I wish I looked his name up. But there, but I've never seen this before. Like, you know, there's like, for example, um, there's two characters, and you'll have to help me with this, Ben. Um, two characters that the bronies, the adult bronies, and this is girls too, think are lesbian. And in Equestria Girls, they ever, ever, ever so slightly hinted at it. Uh, Rainbow Rocks. And that was definitely a fan service that a lot of people noticed. And but only bronies would notice that because the only they, no one understands the bronies and realize how diverse the characters are that they're looking at. There's so many fans of so many sub characters. It's even more elaborate than I think than The Simpsons in some ways. Um, so uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the two characters I'm talking about? I can look I them up, but think no, so. I I'm thinking uh, I I can't remember the episode in question. So is one I'm Rainbow going, Dash? I'm get, Rainbow no, Dash is one, it's right? not a main. Br- no, no, they're not main oh, characters. So it's not they're one not of the main, main ones. Set. Okay. No, I don't actually. Uh, I'm thinking vinyl. There's a lot scratch. of lesser characters. I'm thinking vinyl scratch, uh, and I can't remember the other one's name, but I, I could be completely off on this. Uh, no, it's not vinyl scratch either, because vinyl scratch is one of my favorite. Absolutely. She's really cool. She's my little pony. Uh, you know, uh, so let's see. I'm trying to find it. I don't think I can. Uh, not quick enough. Because so I, I don't want to deal a, with this. Like I said, I haven't seen that particular episode in question, or at least I can't remember having seen it. Well, so I highly recommend Rainbow Rock. Those two. Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I do need to binge watch a little bit more because I haven't been doing it. I've not been as diligent as I should be. Bad brony. With the bad. original source material. I, I've only made it halfway through the new season myself, and 
and so far I've only really honestly liked two episodes. I'm a little bit of a jaded brony. Uh, I actually think that the, after season three, the show has not been as consistent. And and it, and I think they're just look. I love Daniel Ingram. He is absolutely the bomb. He is the, he's the songwriter for this show. But I feel like they're trying to squeeze his songs in as often as possible and not hitting you in the right times. You know, it, it's starting, his music is good, but he's using it so much, it's starting to get repetitive. And I don't want that to happen to him, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, and that's how I felt too about the new season so far. Kind of thing. Yeah, you know, too many cooks, too, too many, many cooks. cooks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> too many, oh, yeah, too many. Oh, I love too, too many, many cooks. Many, speaking of, and folks, we will be talking Adult Swim on our next episode, which will feature, by the way, Archer, which was also, we mentioned Gravity yeah. Falls, which is the same voice cast, and of course, <laughs> Bob's Burgers, too. So uh, we'll be talking to Archer on the next episode of Archivist Bed on Sexy Witches. So please call in, much raunchier show. Uh, so this is the happy. <laughs> More my speed. Um, <laughs> All right, but let's go into some raunch. Are we ready? We've been talking about if we were going to talk about this bring subject, it. but this is an adult. Let's bring it. All right, Ben the Brony. Yes. Uh, what is, can you explain to my guests what the friggin' you know what is a clopper and why it's, and why <laughs> they get mixed up with brony culture, which isn't the same thing. Uh, so go ahead, sir. And if people have any questions, he did say he would field these kind of questions on the show. If you're not afraid to ask them, ladies and gentlemen, our phone number is 646-716-9172. Once again, that is 616-716-9172. Those sexy witches are here to take your call. All right. Go for it, friends. <laughs> okay. So... I'm going to catch some flack for this, but as much as most bronies want to separate themselves from coppers, and I'll get to what that is in just a moment, it is a part of brony culture, the same way that ferverts are part of furry culture. They, They're called yiffers. Uh, get it right. <laughs> yiffers? Ew. It's called yiffing, just like clopping. You know, but there's similar okay, things. So. <laughs> To more directly answer the question, clopping cloppers are those who masturbate to various works, usually of fiction, involving My Little Pony stuff. They usually don't do it to the show themselves, but oh, fan art. We're such children. Usually, it is fan art. Pornographic fan art. Pornographic fan art. Yes. I do know that. I've seen some of the toys too, um, yeah, including an toys. inflatable Pinkie Pie, and I was like, I was like, okay, it's gigantic pink thing. I don't think I would use it for that, but boy, could you scare the crap out of some people if you dropped it off something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so you, so you, in some ways, validate this part of the culture, even though it, that there's this whole like like idea of pedophilia involved with it, according to a lot of other people, especially people that don't understand the culture. Uh, this what they see those people, and, and and of course, hasty generalizations is a very American way uh, you know uh so how do we like like uh, how do we get someone to understand that doesn't know anything about any of this what what is acceptable and what is not so the long and the short of it is anything is going to have people who sexualize it 
And usually it's a small subsection of anything. Anything can be fetishized. The thing is, when you're dealing with bronies, you're dealing with people who are very creative and are more than willing to post their art for people to see. There is, just to use, I can't believe I'm going to use Godwin's Law here, but just as there are people who fetishize even the most horrific things, there's Nazi fetishists. There's going to be people who fetishize much more innocent things. These are people who, go ahead. I was going to say, let me just break it down to you. Are these people consenting adults? The answer is yes, they are. Yeah, the people who are doing the clopping, the people who are producing the artwork, the people who are doing this are consenting adults who are not hurting another human being. Then then there's nothing we can say about it, honestly, because if they're keeping to themselves and they're not hurting anyone, well, it's not anybody's place to tell anybody what their sexuality is like. And I can't do that. It's not my place. Now, if they are harming somebody that I know, I might take some uh, objection to that. <laughs> but I would take objection if anybody hurt anybody I knew. So, you know, that's a different story entirely. But let's move on because we do have people with kids listening. and God knows they might be freaking out right now. But I did want to cover that quickly. So thank you, Ben. And if anybody else does want questions in that field, we will field them. So please call in once again, 646-716-9172. The Sexy Witches are here to take your call. Okay. Now, so for half your thing, uh, let's let's move on to another aspect. Now, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is, is that brony culture is not just about the show, like he was saying. There is, like, huge, vast amounts of it. And some of the best, and I know, Ben, you know a lot about this, because that's how you got started with, sex, with, uh, with brony culture, is the music. A lot of DJs, there is a ton of them on the web right now that take My Little Pony and create this amazing techno music with Oh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Over talk I about can it. talk, talk about a it. little bit about it because uh, what I got started with was the oh, I can't remember the artist I think he's Egyptian uh, that did a song about Discord. Discord was the very oh, first I love one for my daughter. My daughter actually sang <sighs> that at her second talent show in the fourth grade. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, awesome. That is awesome. Yes, I do know that song, actually. I saw the documentary, and it features heavily in the documentary that John Delancey did. So uh, yes. go ahead. Keep going. So, I love this talk. <laughs> the, it comes into the whole thing of what I said, that there's a lot of very creative people who watch and interact with this show's material. Uh and it lends itself to it because there is such a musical element in the show. People have written pure dubstep just for the show. Uh, speaking of Vinyl Scratch, my favorite, my favorite character outside of the uh, main five. Um, I've seen 10-hour loops of just snippets of stuff that was done for fan-made animation. And it's still good stuff and I hate to say this, it's also a really good way to get noticed as an artist is to attach yourself to something big like this if you're doing it respectfully. 
So uh, go ahead. There's um, at Brony, BronyCon is is this weekend here in Baltimore, and they always have those guys, the guy that did uh, the Discord song and a couple other big DJs, and they throw Pinkie Pie's Rave. And it's supposedly one of the hottest, like, concerts and dance shows in Baltimore. And it is this colorful, crazy disco rave that is exactly what you think it is with all the best brony DJs in the world just spinning for hours. And I'm almost too afraid to go because I'm not really a raver, but it sounds like if you're into that, that sounds totally like a blast. So all I'd have to do is set Lily and and uh and uh Lil, and Lydia loose with a bunch of uh glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also and it happens simultaneously, believe it or not, there's actually two two big dances in Saturday night and the first one is always the galloping gala. Big surprise they do a grand galloping gala. And uh they everyone dresses up and that's much more formal, of course. And then, then they drop all that and they go into Pinky's rave. And uh, you know, the costumes are it's a masquerade uh galloping gala is a masquerade ball. So uh you know, we'll talk more about what's happening at BronyCon in uh, uh, when we do our um uh community calendar. But um Ben, I want you to we haven't is there anything else that you haven't you wanted to talk about thinking about coming on the show that you haven't about bronies that we should know about? Uh not particularly, mostly because I figured I'd be fielding a lot more angry callers about the terrible, horrible and disturbing work that is done in its name. Uh, not yet. We're not that famous yet. We're just, we're only about nine or ten episodes in. So, you know, I I only got my first buck off about bronies today. I posted about the show in one of my favorite groups, uh, the Video Nasties group, which is, uh, uh, you know, but I'm also one of those going to talk about horror, so I just throw it in there because I, and someone told me to fuck off because it was my little pony. And I was like, First of all, I know more about video nasties than you do, which I wrote back. Actually, I won the guy over, which was really funny. In the end, we actually had a laugh about, like, what he did, but it was cool. But uh, So that happens a lot, though, unfortunately, with My Little Pony. You get the, the fuck off or I don't understand that or why would anybody do that. So, please, going back to you, it, like, what is your one thing that makes the show and the whole culture besides the creativity stand out that makes it different for than any other fan base that you've experienced? Because for me, it's always, I think that the kids, the, 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 the and I say kids, I'm talking about the 18 to 20 year olds are usually really sweet, really, really nice. And a lot of them had tough childhoods and the show just relates to them and they understand it because it's talking about relationships and friendship and uh, and then the adventure on top of it is so guy high fantasy so uh, go ahead tell her so about the hope talk things... we had tell her about the hope talk we had my memory is not functioning what are you when we were talking about how the show part... brings how the oh, show brings oh, yeah. hope because yeah because there's a lot of people out there who are – I'm going to touch on a few things, but the basis of it is there's a lot of guys out there who are sensitive, emotional guys, and that is not something that we celebrate in this country, or this society. 
It's something we look down on. So when you have a show which says you can be a sensitive person, you can be a caring individual and still be a hero, it's something that people are going to glom onto and find some hope that maybe there's some decency in, you know, decency around them. And one of the things I taught, I touched on uh, with Queenie earlier is there's an abnormally high percentage of people who really, really like the show because it does a really good job of teaching how to interact with people in a positive manner. And we, up until this, I really didn't, I really don't know of any other show that really, really did that. I I know a lot of fans, younger fans especially, really loved on to two characters for that very reason. Twilight Sparkle, who when she gets really upset, sometimes loses all ways of filtering information and just sucks it in all at once and she can't think about it. Or you have uh, Rainbow Dash, who can't learn like the rest of the girls. She has to do her, find her own way to learn a task or complete a, or complete one. And and so I heard a lot of kids and adult, even old older adults, because my 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 um, sister has Asperger's, that totally relate to the show. <laughs> and uh, so I I do think it's a good thing. Uh, completely, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen that before either. Um, you see disabilities occasionally. You know, yeah, like the, I have the, learning the diver- disabilities, so I can really relate to Rainbow Dash, you know, and how she has oh. trouble learning things like everyone else. Yeah, I have learning yeah. disabilities when it comes to, like, mathematics and such. So I can totally relate to Rainbow Dash. I can go, yeah, I get that. Uh, you know, she's not just this, like, spastic character that flies all around. It really is a concentration thing for her, and she has to be doing one thing so she can complete another task. And, and, and I really exactly. think that's kind of cool that they've been able to develop these characters. And when you talk about Hope Ben and Queenie and, and Aaron, I want to say without Star Trek being on the air, it's the only utopian science fiction show I think that's out there right now. We don't have a there lot of hope. many. A lot of the uh, you know, shows today what, are being too dark. A lot of the shows today it, are being it, dark. I mean, they even darked up Superman. Like, what the hell's with that? You know what I mean? With look, the Man I love, of Steel? I love a, oh, I, I love good I, dark as well as anybody. Uh, I love goth, and I'm totally okay with, you know, that kind of same stuff. Here. But at the same time, I love... Gene Roddenberry's optimism about the future that we will find a way to surmount these obstacles that we have in our past. And we don't have the And My Little Pony is it. It is actually the one show that is holding up those principles. Matter of fact, a lot of the principles of My Little Pony are based on Star Trek itself, including characters like Discord, who is directly related to Q, Q and John Delancey. Q. Uh, John Delancey. Uh, John Delancey was Q, and now he's Discord, who is directly related to Q. And they said, well, why don't we just offer him the job? And he accepted. He took the job. And according to the documentary, which is on Netflix, folks, if you want to see the You know what's really funny? It's, you know. You know <laughs> what's ahead. really funny? is um, John Delancey got the job as Q because uh, Gene Roddenberry, when he got hurt or something, um, ended up watching a lot of Days of Our Lives. 
and he loved Eugene and Calliope. But who so did he got, it? I want to say got I've the been, job because I was he worked a on Days of Our Lives. That's fabulous. And, and it is fabulous. And, and Eugene was fabulous. Uh, I watched it in those days, too. And Arlene Sorkin, when she was on Days of Our Lives, and she was part of Eugene and Calliope, they dressed up one Halloween, and and she was a joker. And that character, uh, the character of Harley Quinn in 1986, was created in Batman because of Calliope, and she voiced the original Harley Quinn. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And then Harley Quinn is for the win by Tara Strong, right? Who now works with John Delancey on My Little Pony. Woohoo! So it all comes into one big circle, you know. So yes, we were talking about that earlier, Erin, weren't we? Uh, about John Delancey and Calliope, and I'm a huge fan. And I met John Delancey briefly, but I met him in Carlsbad Caverns National Park. I was actually on duty, and he came to my orientation. I got one nod out of him just because I had to acknowledge I knew who he was. But that was it. I just had to give my jaw. I never actually got to talk, talk to him. So, but the man is tall. He stands over everybody else. And so, yes, you know, yes. I didn't want to. I, I met him at MysticCon last year here oh, cool. in Roanoke, Virginia. So, mm-hmm. hey, that's a small con for me to do. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that's nice they, only size, get like, one, they only get one big name a year. This coming year, very they're having George R. R. Martin. That's right. You said that. We are definitely going to go. Exactly. Uh, I already made that uh, arrangement. We'll talk about that later. Uh, matter of fact, speaking of cons, we're going to go into our community calendar. But then, Brony, stay on because the first thing in our community calendar is going to be about BronyCon here in Baltimore, which happens this weekend. And I would wonder you wanted to hear about it. I will stay on for that. All right. So let me take a quick break, just a quick break, um, to get the information, and we'll come right back in 30 seconds. community calendar music tonight. Usually I use Figment, which is a segment from the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, but since we're bronies, keeping with the brony music, this is actually Daniel Ingram did this for the uh, Questria Girls uh, Rainbow Rock soundtrack, and it's a shout out to all the dubsteppers out there that have been mixing his music. So uh, first things first, community calendar. I wanted to talk about what we're talking about still, My Little Pony and BronyCon, which happens this weekend, starting Thursday, here in Baltimore, and it is the largest of its kind in the country, and it was also not the first. It was the second year it moved to Baltimore. The first year was in New York City, uh, and, um, well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, first of all, um, 
one of the the, the headlining uh, talent is the person we've been talking about a lot on this show, John Delancey. He's going to be the headliner. He's only there Saturday and Sunday, and he only has one program each day. So even though he's signing about three times, so I know a lot. That means John Delancey isn't going to just draw bronies. He's going to draw Star Trek and a lot of other fan bases. So if you want to go see him, make sure you got plenty of time because it's going to be a long line for John Delancey. So, but the, a lot of the headliners are going to be on it. Uh, Case Kathy Westlock, who plays Spike on on uh, My Little Pony, she's going to be a headliner. Uh, my personal favorite of the list is Kazumi Evans. I love this girl. Oh my God! Uh, not only is she the voice, of, the singing voice of Rarity, but she's also Adagia Dazzle in My Little Pony: The Quest Your Girls Rainbow Rocks, which is one of the sirens. And she has got the best songs because the sirens sing in minor keys. <laughs> That's really, really awesome. Uh, but she's also one of my daughter's personal favorites because she plays Skipper in the in the web in series the, Barbie. Uh, the Barbie and the Dream House. Uh, so my uh, da- my daughter's only. Everyone okay? I think we lost somebody. Who's all here? Hello. I'm here. Aaron, Aaron you're here. Queenie, are you there? Queenie. Queenie. Queenie is having technical oh, difficulties. Okay, it's Queenie that's gone. You're here, sir. Okay, hi, Ben. Well, Queenie, come back. We're going to continue, though. But once again, Kazumi Evans, who is Verity's... Um, a singing voice is going to be there. Uh, then, of course, and this would be you guys' personal favorites. Ben, this is why I wanted you to know. I hope she's back. So let me call her. Bring her back. Bring her back. Oh my dear. Oh my dear. My dear. My dear. My dear. My dear. Sexy witch. Sexy witch. Uh, uh, I think uh, we need to hang up and call again because all I can hear is myself. All I can hear is myself. To there. Wow. Right, radio folks. All right, I'm going to pull her back, and hopefully she'll call back one I'm more gonna time. I'm going to hand her my phone. Okay, well, listen in, though, because Fluttershy, uh, Andrea Libman, uh, who plays Fluttershy and Pinkie Pie on the show, is also going to be there. So as well as Nicole Oliver, who plays Princess Celestia, and a lot of the uh, writers from the show, including one of the head writers, Amy Keating Rogers, who I mentioned earlier. So it's got an actually really solid lineup, even if you're just a genre fan. So uh, we're going to try to bring Queenie on one more time. Come on, Queenie. Are you there, Queenie? Hello? Hello? She's Can you hear me? She's alive! Yes, you are! Welcome, 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 a fine welcome to you. Welcome, 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 I say, how do you do? Welcome, 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 I say, it's a complaint. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Ponyville today. Wait for it. Wait for it. All right. I feel low. I'm so glad you're back early. <laughs> Sorry about that. So that's okay. We were mentioning that Fluttershy and Pinkie Pie, uh, Andrea Libman, is going to be one of the headliners of the show this year. Uh, Pinkie Pie's rave. I told you about that. She did it. She was there last year, and on Friday she hosts kids games, which is something I would highly recommend doing. Is it's called Pinkie Pie Says. I, and it was one of the biggest draws. It was on a Saturday last year, and it was like the opening thing in the morning. And supposedly it like caused all this traffic. So they moved it to Friday afternoon, so there would be less people. <laughs> but um, 
so she's having this great show, uh, and all the, and they're all going to be doing different types of voice panels, including one where they teach you all how to talk like a pony, like a like a My Little Pony, how to neigh, how to how to move your hands, like to make you sound like a horse. Um, and there's all sorts of random things like that, um, you know. And I told you about the Galloping Gala and uh, Pinkie Pie's Rave, which is a huge show. Um, there's music, there's art, Ender's Floor, Kids Room. There's the uh, Crudy Mart Crusaders Room, which is where a lot of the kids' things are happening. Tons of stuff happening in there too. So it's not that even though I don't really actually consider BronyCon kid friendly. If I had a kid, uh, it, I would I would go. If you were a family, I would go. I wouldn't send my kids on their own, but there are plenty of things for adults and kids to do there. It's really a little bit of everything. But it really is focusing, especially the vendor's floor, on the brony fan, the adult male brony fan, My Little Pony. But there's plenty to do. Cosplay for days, huge costume contests, of course, big parade. Um, And uh, I've never actually gone – uh, but I was thinking about going this year, so I still may go. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, I will I let thought, you know I if we were I going. Well, if we are going, we have we'll talk about yeah. this after the show. But we weren't actually talking about the saying "what the fuck" and doing it and going and doing it ourselves because don't knock it till you try it, right? So, and I do have a Discord doll I need John Delancey to sign. So, uh, so I I have reason to go. Uh, but we're going to take the kids. We're going to go and say, what the fuck? Like, Erin Marie and I are going to go to BronyCon and experience this on Saturday afternoon. And we will make sure we're there in time for the John Delancey panel. Oh, yeah. I hope. Oh, yeah. And, so, and Lydia, uh, like yeah. I said, like I said, Lydia will freaking adore, like, the, the Discord Pinkie Pie Rave stuff. Holy crap. Oh. Well, I, I, that, that's late at night, so we might not actually make it to the rave, but we'll talk about that later. But there's going to be plenty of dancing and stuff during the day, too. I mean, it's everything. So I can't wait to experience something new. Like I said, you can't make assumptions until you don't try it. And I actually do love the show. I absolutely love the show. Uh, you know, I I, I it's going to be great. So, uh, but I also wanted to mention, and here, uh, there's actually, uh, we're done with bronies. I'm going to move those on because I got two more things to mention before we leave for the night. Um, on August 8th, folks, everyone write this down, August 8th, especially if you're in the East Coast. In Philadelphia at the International House, Exhumed Films, which is this uh, great company that throws special screenings of exploitation, horror, and all sorts of, like, fun screenings. One they did at Alamo Draft House recently called Robots Are Dangerous, which is Chopping Mall was the headliner, which is absolutely a great film. Uh, and they're going to go on tickets August 8th at 3 p.m. So, Erin Marie, while we're at BronyCon, yes. I'm going to try to snag these tickets for us, okay? So, at okay. 3 o'clock. Zoom tickets, the 24-hour horror-a-thon, which is 24 hours of horror movies. You won't know until you're there what's playing. Starts from noon and goes noon the next day in October. And Uh it's the hottest ticket in Philadelphia. And I want to make sure I at least get two tickets to it this year because I've never gone. And I know a lot of people who have. So August 8th at 3 p.m., Remember that. So I wanted to make sure that part of the community calendar is on there. So, uh, and, and last but not least, uh, I didn't go into any theatrical releases or DVD releases this week. Uh, we're kind of hitting that slow one. Uh, I will say straight out of Compton on the 10th. Holy shit, it's 
finally out. Um, I've been waiting for this movie in some ways all my life, and I can't wait. It looks so good. So please, let's all go see Straight Outta Compton and make a bunch of money for those guys. And according to uh, press stuff, they are releasing an accompanying gangster rack album that's not a tribute record. It's actually inspired by NWA. So it's the first time that the, the surviving members of NWA have been uh, sort of have wrapped together since they broke up. And so kind of a big deal. Uh, go see Straight Outta Compton. So um, do either one of you ladies have a DVD release or a movie release you want to mention? Well, I said last week that I was going, or last time, that I was going to watch Anarchy Parlor because of uh, Scares That Care. And I did watch it the night before I went because I couldn't sleep. Um, And it was phenomenal. I made the kids watch it the next day. It had a couple of normal horror movie flaws, especially that uh, independent film kind of get trapped into, like... um, friendships that seem almost wooden at the very beginning because they're forced and uh, too many, you know, like tit shots and stuff like that, you know. But uh, the score in between scenes and very Argento, very Goblin, it was beautiful. That's good. It was set in in Lithuania. Um, and it was based on actual events or actual lore, one or the other. But, I mean, really the acting, once they get into it, the practical effects, everything about it is just chilling and amazing. I watched it like two more times after I got home. <laughs> I bought it on well, Amazon Prime, so it was so awesome. good. And then, you know, Robert Lissota, of course, he's had on his um booth during Scares at Care, so it makes it extra sweet, I'm sure. So, uh, what about you, Queenie? Exactly. Any, or, or Ben, too. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Erin, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, Queenie or Ben, do you have any uh, DVD or theatrical releases you want to highlight? Not really. Um, I did no? just see recently uh, What We Do in the Shadows. That was amazing. Oh, Really? It was awesome. really hilarious, really hilarious. And it had, like, a variety of different kind of vampires and vampire tropes and such, and it's done kind of like, um, shot like a documentary. It's really good. Highly endorsed. It's Australian, right? It's Australian, yes. right? Yes, it is. Yeah, oh, yes. James, friggin' Australian. James, on a roll. <laughs> Go ahead. Totally. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I think James Harris posted a thing today. It was, like, 50 must see um, horror movies of the 21st century, and a lot of them are on Netflix, HBO Go, Stars, uh, you know, regular uh, movie channels. So a lot of them can be checked out pretty easily. You hear that, guys? <laughs> Check it out. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, I like I said, I had actually I was trying to catch up with the Milo Pony season. I only made about halfway through it. Um, I have upcoming that I haven't seen yet that's on my desk. I have Ex Machina, and I have Kingsman, uh, the Secret Service. So uh, I'm actually um, looking forward to watching both of those movies. I'm probably going to pop one in after I uh, uh, come off air. I I rewatched Ravenous again. 
uh, two nights ago with a friend of mine. And uh, that movie is still friggin' amazing. If you've never seen Ravenous, it's in my top ten horror films of all time. It reaches at number nine. And it stars Robert Carlyle and Guy Pearce and Jeffrey Jones and is Cannibal Wendigo Glorious Madness. Highly recommend Ravenous. It is a great period piece, horror, cannibalistic, violent film. Brilliant movie. So highly recommend Ravenous. Uh, so uh, one more thing we're going to talk about, and Ben, and thank you again for being on the show. Uh, we, there's not just – there's one fan base we haven't talked about on the show, and that is Disney. Disney is kid stuff, sort of, but the adult fan base of Disney is knows no boundaries. They are huge. They are here to stay, and their big convention happens on the 14th, and that is D23. D23 is ginormous, and it's going to be in Anaheim. And uh, you just go and you walk around. My L.A. correspondent, Aaron, is going to be at D23. Cool thing about D23 is also um, because they now own the Marvel and Star Wars licenses, um, the new rumor has it our new Star Wars trailer will drop during D23. So keep an eye out for that. So I will have on our next show when we talk about Archer, uh, but uh, we'll have Aaron, who's a huge Archer fan as well. He bought a bunch of swag from Archer at San Diego Comic-Con. He's also going to come and recap his adventures at D23 because at that point he would have gone. Our next show is – when is our next show? Oh, what is our next show, everybody? Do we know? What day is that? Two weeks from now? Like the, <laughs> the two weeks from two now. Two weeks from today. Uh, the 18th. 18th. Two weeks from today. That is our Archer show, the 18th. That's correct. So Archer is the 18th, and that's also going to be about adult animation in general, but we're going to focus particularly on Archer. If you've never seen Archer, oh, my gosh, it is so much fun. I love the show immensely. And, of course, we'll talk briefly about Adult Swim, Venture Brothers, Bob's Burgers, lots of other shows that we want to talk about. The Simpsons, of course. Which is about which is started as an adult show that eventually got more kids appeal. So you know, there's sometimes it happens that way too. Um, on the first will be our Splatterfest September, and uh, September's going to be getting ready for October and the horror because we got to start warming up, especially with my contest in September, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. Uh, we're going to talk Italian horror on the first September. Uh, Chris Galofalo, who was on our Blackfish show a couple uh, episodes ago, is going to rejoin us to preview Splatterfest. He's also going to talk about his new poster that he designed for it. He was at Monster Mania over the last weekend and did pretty darn well. We're very happy for him. Uh, he's going to be on the show as well. One of my regular callers, Doc Terror, James Harris, he's going to call in. If there's anybody that knows about Italian horror, it's those two. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation at that point. So, And then uh, the following Saturday, Saturday, I will probably be attending Italian Splatterfest at the Phoenixville Theater, which is where it takes place, where also the Bloodfest takes place in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, at the Colonial Theater. Uh, so uh, we'll be up there doing that. So uh, that's the first. And then we have one more show on the 15th uh, on September, and that's going to be uh, the beginning of our 
October Halloween coverage, and that will be Halloween walkthroughs and seasonal walkthroughs in the area. So we're going to, in, in not just our areas, but all areas, we're going to talk about some of the best ones in the country. Uh, Nathan Hamilton, who is a regular at the, at the Netherworld in Atlanta, which is one of the better uh, better walkthroughs in the country, and Roy Woolley, the face-off artist, works that one. That's actually the one he does the art for, uh, his work for. Uh, he's going to call in and talk about walkthroughs around the country. So that would be a great conversation, and I might have a couple other people call in as well. And then I'm going to take, folks, we take a small break from um, this show because, as you know, it will be time for madness. And, and when it's madness, we got to go. We'll, we won't, we'll be back on again in October for our big Halloween episodes, two hours, Pagan Sexy Witches. And we're going to have guests and surprises and all sorts of fun stuff lined up for that show in October. That'll be the last week in October, last Tuesday in October, right before Halloween. But if you miss the Sexy Witches in the meantime, we will be moving over to another podcast, the Dollar Bin Horror Radio, which is where the madness is actually hosted. So we'll talk about that on, our, uh, in, on the 15th when we get a little bit closer to that hiatus. But in the meantime, I want to thank Ben, my uh, Brony Ben Brony for coming on and talking a little Brony with us. Please come on again and call at any time. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and thank you for oh, having me you, on. You, oh, it was wonderful to finally hear your voice, sir. And thank you for taking care of my Queenie Bear there. So he takes good care of me. Yes, he does. So much love I'm to lucky. you. I'm going to let you. I'm going to send him out into the netherworld or no i'm not going to do that because i might accidentally hang up on queenie so but i'll let him hang up himself (laughs) but sir thank you for calling and i hope you have a good two weeks and call again sometime it called during our archer episodes because i know you like archer too all right well thank you very much and i'll go ahead and make sure that we don't lose a queenie all right you talk to you later all right, so that was Ben the Brony. We thank him for calling in and talking about Brony culture, even talking briefly about cloppers and all that fun stuff, too. Uh, so any final words, sexy witches? We're out of here. I think I'm good to go. You're good to go. What about you, Erin Marie? Any final thoughts uh, about I, Penny? I've, I've had to pee for the past hour. I'm good. <laughs> Well, it's been a fun talk. I think we had an interesting conversation about bronies. I doubt we've changed anybody's minds one way or another, but that's not what it's about. We're just here to explore culture. And, folks, we and Erin Marie and I are going to go to BronyCon on Saturday afternoon. There will be pictures on our profiles on Instagram and on our Facebook pages. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, go to our Facebook page, Archivist on Sexy Witches, and like us there. We put, I put all sorts of stuff related to genre and horror culture and female-related issues on that page from all sorts of sources. And uh, you can find Queenie Todd on her blog or on her YouTube page. And Erin Marie, you can find her almost anywhere on social media. Find us all in the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness group on Facebook, which is the fiercest Halloween competition in in social media. And you can also find us on uh, the SB Film Geek Circle, which is a film geek group that's been around since MySpace. So it's been around for since 2006, and the same core members are still members to this day. So 
have a look for us there and on Twitter. And thank you again, Ben the Brony and Will and Oren for calling, even though I got them completely reversed. That was the first time I've ever had the a blow up on my calling board. So thank you guys. I really do appreciate that. And they were our again. very first they were our very first spontaneous callers, I think. Yes, I think so. So thank you, Will, and thank you, Oren, and I do apologize for messing it up a little bit. I got really excited, though, so don't take it personally, and I'll, I'll apologize in person to them later. Uh, and once again, thank you, Sexy Witches, Erin Marie, and Queenie, as always. We'll once again be back in two weeks to talk about Animation August Part 2, Adult Animation and Adult Swim and all that fun stuff that we're not supposed to be watching in the middle of the night, but we are anyway. So you guys have a good film hunting. Blessed be, and we'll see you again soon. I'm going to pull you out with some bronies. Bye-bye. Sweet dreams. You're never going to bring me down. You're never going to.